Hello, and welcome to Retrospection, where we take an old show or film and see if we can still carry on laughing with it, or are we laughing at it? In this episode, we're taking a look at Carry On Screaming from 1966. My name's Colin, and I'll say this for you, you make a very good trouser press. And I'm Paul, and I can't help being a bit passionate, can I? No, it's in your nature, Paul, in your nature. Very, very true. Wise words. Not really. Not wise. <laughs> not like a philosopher. <laughs> All right, it's just very true. I, I, I am a very passionate person, as you know. Does your wife know? She doesn't need to. Okay. The film stars Harry H. Corbett as Detective Sergeant Sidney Bung, Kenneth Williams as Dr. Orlando Watt, Jim Dale as Albert Potter, Charles Hartry as Dan, Dan, and Fenella Fielding as Valeria Watt, and John Sims as Emily Bung, Angela Douglas as Doris Mann, I'm going to do the whole cast, Bernard Breslau as Socket, Peter Butterworth as Detective Constable, See, and this is interesting because it's clearly written slow bottom, but everyone says slow bottom. Slow bottom's funnier though, isn't it? It is, yes. Yes. Yeah. John Pertwee as Dr. Fettel. Now in this film, the sinister Dr. Watt has an evil scheme going. He's kidnapping beautiful young women and turning them into mannequins to sell to local stars. Wasn't this the plot of House of Wax? Um... Yes, it's the plot of House of Wax, and I believe it's also... He's looking for his notes, looking for his notes. It's also uh, the plot of the Mystery of the Wax Museum from 1933. It also has vague uh, overtones of um, Crucible of Terror as well. well. What are the vague overtones? Like a, a, a nice deluxe white or a... <laughs> no, well, it's... A, it's a... He's, he's an artist um, making sculptures out of, of 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 women's bodies. Oh, okay. All right. Did Silence of the Lambs involve him making... No, that was completely different. Oh, okay. That All was... right. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on screaming. The Silence of the Lambs for the comedy. <laughs> Sid James as Hannibal. He'd be perfect. Oh, he would, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who would you class as? Who would you cast as uh, Clarice? Oh, it's got, oh. it's got to be Babs, hasn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then you got the Sid, Sid, Sid and Babs yeah. playing off each other. Yeah, which, ironically, we don't have in this film. We don't, but I I think it works. I I, I was going to talk about this at the end, but I'll mention it now. I I I do enjoy when the Carry On team bring in a, a, an outsider into the cast. So you're not missing Sid, then? I can't see Sid doing this role. Oh, come on. It was... It's clearly the same script. They just wrote it for Sid James and then realised he wasn't. He... he was busy. He'd do it very... Well, yes, then they even say that, don't they? But he, 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 he would do it very differently. You know who else was going to be? No, go on. Tony Hancock was asked. See, now I, I can see Tony Hancock doing it. Mm, me too, yeah. But I can't see Sid doing it in this way. I think he'd play it completely different. All right. Sid never did ineptitude in the same way that it's it's in that Harry H. Corbett does it in this. Uh, he was always quite knowing Sid. I right. thought, you know, you know. Right. So we're also missing Kenneth Connor, Hattie Jakes, Barbara Windsor, and Leslie Phillips, who 
up to that point have been in quite a few carry-on films. Mm-hmm. Charles Hartry almost wasn't in this film either. How so? Well, there was no role in the script for him, but then an article appeared in Today's Cinema bemoaning this and wondering if it would affect the box office receipts. And apparently the American distributors were upset that Charles Hartry wasn't going to be in it. And so Peter Rogers quickly had a part written for him. I'm surprised at that because do, do Americans even know who Charles Hartry was? Yeah, I, some of the sites say the uh, Americans and then some people say critics in today's cinema. So ah, okay. Somebody was upset by the fact that he wasn't in probably Charles Hartley. It's a very um it's it's a, it's a very subdued performance from Charles Hartley, isn't it? It's not his usual thing, I don't think. Maybe I mean, do you reckon it was a day's filming? Probably. It's two scenes, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's a very um, it's a very subdued performance from Charles Hawtrey. It's not his usual, um, you know, wackiness that he does. I don't think in this movie. Maybe that's because he didn't have as much to work with, because he's only in. Well, you don't know. I suppose you don't know right? where his scenes. If his scenes were added at the last minute, were, were, was it just some pages that were thrust at him, and that was, <laughs> and he was pushed out on into a toilet, and that was it. <laughs> Right, that's how all carry-on films are made. <laughs> You're not wrong, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is clearly a parody of the Hammer films. Yes. Yeah, Hammer's James, is it Carreras? Mm-hmm. Yes. Once told Rogers, you make the comedy, I'll make the horror. And it works. They were two the two biggest um, British exports in cinema at that time, I think, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Monster's gibbering voice is... Director Gerald Thomas. Yes, I read that, yeah. <laughs> Theme song was recorded by pop star Boz, although that was not his real name, for Columbia Records. Some people thought it was Jim Dale doing the song, but it's not. Oh, this song, well, I'll tell you what I think of this song when we, when we start talking about the movie in a minute, because it's, it's all over the credits, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think there's only two Carry On films that have actually sung. Yes, Carry On Cowboy. Female? Oh, does Carry On Emmanuel have a song? You know what? Hmm. I've seen that once and I've got no interest in watching <laughs> <Yeah>. it again. So <laughs> I right. think I've seen Carry On Columbus more than more than I've seen Carry On Emmanuel. Wow. Yeah. Okay. This is the last Carry On film to be distributed by Anglo Amalgamated. It switched to rank after did this. You, did you read why, though? No, tell Apparently me. Apparently the uh, owner or head, whatever you want to call him, felt that the, the carry-on movies were too low-brow for them. Too, too, wait, what? Too low-brow for Anglo Amalgamated? Yes. What else did they make? Uh, well, now, now you're assuming that I've done some research into that. Oh, no, no, it was just a kind no. of general, like... I don't know, but, it, but that was the like, whole reason why Rank took over, because they felt that they, mm. felt that they were too low-brow. All right. Wow. Abroad, this film is sometimes called Carry On Vampire. There's no vampire in it. I, that's just what it's called, Paul. I don't make All the right. rules. Okay. I just report it. <laughs> Ooh, look at you. <laughs> and that's all the info I have. Do you have any tidbits you want to fling my way so that I can bat them? So that you can bat them? Oh, is that, oh, is that a horror <laughs> yeah, joke? It was an attempt, yeah, it didn't work in any way whatsoever. 
was, at least you tried. Yeah, I won't give it a go. I'll probably give up in a few minutes. Uh, apparently, this, this took six weeks to make. Now, your tone of voice suggests that's a long time for I'm, this well, film. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> you you know that films take months and months. Yes, I know. Make. I'm thinking about the fact that it's a carry-on movie. I think even carry-on films took a the, while. They the, take six weeks. Six weeks is like a month and a half. That's, I'm sure I remember reading that there was... I, I've had diarrhea that lasted longer than that. Thanks for that. Thanks for sharing that with the listeners. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, no, I'm sure, I'm sure that I read that... Um, they were fast. Yeah, they, were, they were fast. And I'm sure I read that there was one that they knocked out in about 30 days. I mean, one of the things I remember is that they were very much one camera mm-hmm. set up. Do it, move on. Like they were, yeah, they would set the cameras up, shoot it, that's it, done. Yeah. Move on. Apparently, the budget was £179,000 as well. See, I, don't, I can't place that into context. Is that cheap or expensive? I think cheap then. Sounds ex- Yeah. Right, okay. Um, hmm. Did you know that there was... Mo- it looks does good, look good. It looks, it looks like a Hammer movie. Yeah. Hmm. Um, did you know that there was merchandise available in the theatres at the time? Uh, yes, I read about that. It was a rubber monster called a Creepy Quiver. I've had a Creepy Quiver before. Was it good? No, I got tablets for it. <laughs> for it? You say it like it's an actual creature. Oh, it was, yeah. But only I could see it. Where does it, where does it live? Maybe maybe, maybe that's uh, Jeremy Renner's new uh, bag for holding his arrows, his Creepy Quiver. <laughs> Isn't a quiver an arrow? A quiver is um, uh, is an arrow, yes, I think. Quiver, okay, a quiver. maybe. Might have to cut all that out. Look, look it up, Paul. Then if it's wrong, you cut it out. This is the new... This is what you do. A, a quill is where you stick your arrows, other, other than in another person, obviously, you know. A quill? No, a quill's what no, you're right with. A quiver oh, okay. is where you stick your arrows. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure that's where you stick them. Oh. I stick them in the cupboard. You stick them in the cupboard? Next yeah. That's where I keep my Next arrows. Next to your creepy quiver. Yeah. Right. Does it know? Does it like this? Loves it. Eats them. <laughs> <laughs> so, carry on. Uh, <laughs> I'm editing this. Thanks. Yeah, what are you no, going to no, do with that? I don't know. I'll leave it in. Um, Harry H. Corbett was the highest paid carry-on actor at the time. He was paid a whopping £12,000 to appear in this movie. So why does that happen with carry-on films? Why? I mean, didn't this happen with um, no. uh, Phil yes, Silvers? Yes, he was another one. Yeah, so why is it the people they bring in for one-off films get paid more than your actual actors you need in every yeah, film? Yeah, because you'd think that... You'd think that Yes, Harry H. Corbett was a big star, obviously, because of Steptoe. But these people, you know, Kenneth Williams and and Bernard Breslau had been in umpteen carry-on movies up to this point. Yeah, and you got Charles Hartry that people apparently are upset that's not going to be in. These people, these American people. Well, I I didn't know which story to go for, Mm. so... Mm -hmm. Which one to believe. But, yeah, it's, it's... Kind of ridiculous, but that's what the carry-on films did. They paid peanuts. Yeah, 
but they got stars. And wasn't it recently um, in our interview with Judy Matheson that she pointed out that the the, um, the actresses tended to get paid a lot less than the actors as well? Yes, yeah, she did. Yeah. yeah. So we begin with uh, Peter Rogers' production, and we start with the uh, theme song by Boz. Yeah, this song. I don't. Do you, do you like it? I mean, it's uh, it's got its moments. I, I, I just. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> I must have missed those. I, I just think it's. Um, I would have preferred more of a because they're doing a, a hammer sort of pastiche kind of thing i would have preferred more of a hammer music opening and then maybe put the song in somewhere in the movie later oh okay rather than it being like an all-out comedy yeah. song which it is basically yeah. and i say i say it's by boz but the the guy has an actual name i just can't remember what it is no heavily another heavily researched episode of retrospection Colin. so the clock it's striking midnight. The moon's riding high. A bat flitters through the air. Everybody's getting goose pimples. Cold icy fingers that run up your spine. Come closer. Come closer. It's those fingers you're feeling yeah. are mine. It's a theme song, Paul. <laughs> you wonder what I was doing. <laughs> I thought he's, he's off on one ear. He's <laughs> and then it hit me like a brick in the face. Yeah. yeah. A shadowy figure lurches through a foggy forest. Foggy forest. Yeah, it's, it's just down the road. Just down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Foggy forest. It, it's near Misty Glen. Although I think she was in a film I watched once. No, that was Soggy Forest. Oh, okay. I'd have gone for Soggy Pine or something, but all right. <laughs> we're, 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 we're doing that now, are we? We're editing in in episode, are we? All right. Are you going to give me yeah. notes at the end of this? <laughs> I can do it now no, no, if you, you want. No, you're fine. It's all right. A woman, Doris Mann, screams. Albert Potter leans over. She says she hears a funny noise. Albert says he can't help it, but she thinks that somebody was watching them. Did you know that she really did scream in Jim Dale's ear to the point where after a few takes he literally stopped hearing? Yeah, he apparently he hates, hates it, it, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yep. As they kiss, she screams again and says she saw somebody in the bushes. Where were you, Paul? <laughs> I don't do that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I paused there because I, I thought this might be a bit too close to home for you and you get flashbacks like a Vietnam vet watching Apocalypse Now. <laughs> flashbacks is a good uh, is a good way of putting it, Yeah. Yeah. Albert doesn't believe her. Can we just say, I have never done this. This is a joke for the podcast. I have never, I'm not part of the the, the dodgy Mac guy, you know, whatever they're called, you know. I'm pretty, pretty sure we don't, dodgy Mac, that's a great prog rock band. I'm pretty sure we don't have to underline every time we do it. No, no, maybe we do. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) Then they know, people know when to laugh. Yes, yes. All right, we'll do that from now on. Albert doesn't believe her, but she makes him go and have a look. He goes into the bushes, leaving Doris alone. What? Why did you say it like that? What's up? Why, why not? How do you want goes. me to say it? 
Sorry. Albert doesn't believe her, but she makes him go and have a look. Is that better? Is well, that it's less sinister, but... It... Oh, right. okay. Carry on. He, he heads into the bushes, leaving Doris alone, and a monster lurches onto screen. Mm-hmm. Doris tries to scream. Albert can't find anybody and returns, and now he discovers that Doris is missing. But he uncovers a hairy finger with a claw-like fingernail, and then he runs off. There's some good jokes in, in this bit, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, there's so many jokes, and it's so fast that it's hard to, like, you can't write them all down and mention them, otherwise we'd be doing the whole film. The, the, I only wrote one down that I really liked, and it was... Um when she says to him, something's watching us. And he replies, I've been caught in you a year and there's been nothing worth watching so far. We quickly cut to the police where Albert is obviously reporting Doris being missing. Detective Constable Slowbottom phones for Detective Sergeant Sidney Bung. At Bung's place, his wife is startled by the bell of the phone. Emily still hasn't got used to it. Yeah, I do like how they include sort of turn of the century distrust of new technology in this. Yeah, it is pretty good. Yep, like mm-hmm. it too. Yep, yep. Reminds me of Ripper Street. Well, I wouldn't go that uh, but... <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bung answers the phone. Slowbottom tells him that another disappearance has occurred. Bung asks him if they have a description. Slowbottom says, yes. Miss Doris Mann, medium height, aged about 20. Average height, normal eyes. We're in clothes. Bung asks him where it happened, and Slowbottom tells him it was in Hokum Woods again. Peter Butterworth's always always worth a watch, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And Holcomb's a good name for the woods. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it me. is. Yeah, yeah. It's a sixth woman that has disappeared in the same spot inside of a year. It's possible there's a connection, but they don't want to jump to conclusions. You went all shattered, huh? Did <laughs> I? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Go on. <laughs> Bong asks who reported it. <laughs> <laughs> Bung asks who reported and Slowbottom describes Albert to him Bung says to keep him there and he's on his way in he heads back to the bedroom and tells Emily to move over he removes his pants from under the mattress apparently he's been using her as a trouser press and we get a, a good joke mm-hmm. here dated but still funny go on then I can't remember it I haven't written it down it's about funerals and mother-in-laws <laughs> <laughs> I, the one that I liked was um, she says to him, you're not going out. And he says, no, I'm putting these on to take a bath. No, I like the fact that he says like he's, um, he talks about how they went out mm. before mm. and then it turns out to be a mother's funeral. funeral. And we should say that there's a picture of the mother says, on the wall, isn't there, glaring at him? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's an easy role for Joan Sims, though, isn't it? She's just in bed all the time. Yeah, I mean, we have to talk about her character at some point, but yeah, she's just. She, she let's just say she's a nanny. she's a, a stereotype. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he leaves and finally arrives at a police station and finds Slowbottom sitting in his chair, mm-hmm. which is a running joke. Which yeah, I quite like. yeah, I noticed that as well, and I, I like the um, you see the real attention to detail in the set of the office. Well, this is one of the weird things. There's, a, there's Carry On Cowboy, this mm-hmm. film, and I guess Carry On Cleo to a certain degree, and Carry On Jack that have really good yeah. sets. 
and, and they didn't even use they didn't it's not like they they used hammer sets for this because they actually built their own sets but built them very much in hammer style right made them to look identical right. to, to, to to hammer sets really good job and it's weird like what really they did a Sorry? really good job yeah yeah, and it's weird though, how they went from that and then they go to carry on camping, which is just, you know, campsite and some tents. Well, I suppose, I suppose you know, carry on camping and carry on girls don't need, you know, they're, they're quick and cheap and easy to make, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the police want to know what Albert and Doris were doing in Hocum mm-hmm. Ward. Getting some fresh air and, and that, he replies. What's that? Say slow bottom. Same thing as the other thing, replies Bong. You took her into the woods. How far did you go? Oh, not that far, says Albert. I've only known her for a year. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that one down as well. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of good yeah. ones here. Bong tells slow bottom not to write that down. Bong asks Albert, what was Doris wearing? He describes her clothes, finishing with the fact that she was wearing a long green skirt. Bong turns to his constable. Did you get that down? Oh, no, says Albert. Like I said, I've only known her for a year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Albert shows him the finger that he found. Bung looks at the fat, hurry, clawed finger and asks Albert if it's one of Doris's. Mm-hmm. Of course not, retorts Albert. So Bung, Slowbottom and Albert head out to Hocum Wood. This is how I start my car in the morning as well. This is what? What did you say? This is how I start my car in the morning as well. Oh, it is? is, Yeah. 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 How? Viciously. Albert shows them where he and Doris were when she vanished. Bung tells Slow Bottom that on three sounds of his whistle, he is to surround the entire area. Mm -hmm. They head into the woods. Meanwhile, the monster is searching for his lost finger. He hears them approach and hides. Slowbottom hears something, turns, sees the monster, then faints. <laughs> the monster starts to eat the car. Well, he, you know, he's, he's not at his breakfast that morning. Bung and Albert don't find anything but are disturbed by a smell of death lingering in the air. We've oil. all been there. Mm. Mm. They decide to head back. At the car, the monster is still pulling bits of it off, but hears them approaching. They call out for Slowbottom and they find him unconscious. He awakes with a struggle, says he thought they were the monster. Long, pointed teeth, great, glaring eyes, ten feet tall. Did you notice anything unusual about him, asked Bong? <laughs> yeah, I wrote that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> is it just going to be us repeating jokes? From the, the, the other one I liked was he, when he said it was something unspeakable. Unspeakable, yes, it never said a word. That is good, <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to have a look around, so they head back to the station, but on the way, they reach the gates of a house in the woods. Bung suggests they may have heard something. The house is called the Bidawee Rest Home, and they enter the gate. Yes. They approach the house, and Bung pulls on the door ringer, which falls off in his hand to reveal a note that says, please knock. I like a good knocker joke. You do, yeah. Yeah, usually you like two of them. <laughs> he knocks. There's footsteps. The door creaks open, and a tall butler called Socket stands before them wearing slippers. Yeah, I love how the footsteps are really heavy, and then you see that he's wearing slippers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think this is the first time I noticed that. Really? I've always noticed he's worn slippers, but I never 
connected with the sound of the footsteps. Before. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bong asked to see the master of the house and is informed that the master has been dead for 15 years. But if he comes in, he'll ask if he can see them. <laughs> Confused, they enter and Socket leads them to a room to wait. And Socket says he'll go and talk to the master. They stir at a painting of a nude woman on the wall. Slowbottom says it's like the eyes follow you around the room. But turns out those eyes are real. For on the other side, and I don't mean deaf, I mean the other side Speak of the up. wall. <laughs> Just keep going, keep going. How long have we got left? Ages. <laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> it's funny because my note actually says anyway, <laughs> as if it knew. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yes. moving on. Valeria Watt is watching them. Socket enters and tells them about the gentleman and that they want to see the master. She reminds him that the master is dead. And Socket admits he forgot himself and told them the master was deceased, but also that he could see them. So, Fenella Fielding is a new one to the Carry On She film. is, and she's fantastic. You know that that dress was so tight that she couldn't sit down in it? They had to have a leaning Yes, <laughs> you can see it though, can't you? She's so stiff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. I'm not doing it. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm not getting the blame. <laughs> okay. Socket realises he's made a mistake and doesn't want to be sent back there, wherever there is. Valeria knows she should, but she kisses him instead. So there's a thing going on with Socket and Valeria. She's kissing all sorts of people, though, isn't she, in this? So she tells Socket to go, but then she has to get her brother up. She opens a secret doorway hidden in the floor and heads down to the basement. She pulls back on a sheet to reveal the body of Dr. Orlando Watt. Mm -hmm. And then switches the electricity on. Mm -hmm. He awakes, but complains about being woken up too soon. She tells him the police are here. They wonder if the police have found the missing finger. Dr. Watt goes up to meet the police. Meanwhile, Albert is exploring the room and finds a mummy tomb. He opens it, and there's a mummy inside. There is. Dr. Watt appears and explains the mummy and how he would love to make the mummy live again. It's, it's, clues, Paul. Clues. clues. It's weird, though, isn't it? Because they set this up and then you just forget about it until the end of the movie. They actually do a really good job of setting some things up. Mm. I'll mention, yeah. That they don't really need to at some points, but they do. Mm-hmm. Bung says they're trying to find the whereabouts of a young lady. And we get a nice rapid-fire joke exchange between yes. them. Don't you think that Kenneth Williams, he, he does, it's one of his best roles this, in this one, I think. But he does overpower I think he, every scene, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he's enjoying this, yeah, though. He, he doesn't always enjoy all the carry-on No, films. I've read his diaries. <laughs> yeah. But I think he's enjoying this one. It seems to one. be. If, 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 if this is anything yeah. to go by, it looks that way. Yeah. Yeah. Bong asks Dr. Watt if he has heard anything suspicious in the vicinity that evening. Dr. Watt says he hasn't heard anything or seen anything for weeks as he's been away. Mm. 
Slowbottom asks the Doctor for his name, and we get another little scene that's it's kind of like the who's on first routine in the Abbott. It, it is, film. it is, yeah. It's still it good, is, though. because they do it in their own way. Mm-hmm. Yes. As they're leaving, Doctor Watt starts to collapse. He's feeling a little run down. Albert catches him, and Doctor Watt has to be plugged in. As his energy fades away, so does his body, and they can see through him. Albert plugs him in, and Doctor Watt starts to reappear. Now where was I, he says. Albert and Slowbottom run for the door, but it doesn't seem to phase Bong. Nothing seems to phase him, though, does it, in this? That's true. Yeah, there, there is a good line. So there is got... a good line when he says, um, "I saw through him immediately," and he says, "And the other one says, so did I.' That's the trouble." Uh, so because of that, Albert points out that there's something not right with Doctor Watt. Bung says that, "Oh, he's just an eccentric." Suddenly, they hear a laugh. Albert runs for it, and Slowbottom is going to run, but Bung stops him. We're going to leave here like respectable officers of the law with dignity. There's a second evil laugh and they both scarper. <laughs> yeah. Back in the house, Valeria is wiring Oddbod up. She kisses him and turns the power See, on. See, she's at it again. Yeah, but it's, it's Oddbod. It's the monster. She loves him. Yeah, but she also That's loves it. the butler as well. Dr. Watt comes down. He tells her the police have left. Did they suspect anything, she asks. Watt says no. He behaved perfectly normally. She asks what they wanted, and he tells her they asked about a girl missing recently. Valeria reveals that Oddbot did bring a woman back with him. She lifts the sheet to reveal Doris laying on the bed, unconscious. Yeah. They notice that Oddbot's finger is regenerating nicely. It's nice. Well, it's kind of good that you can just regenerate your fingers. Is this something that, that you found you could use, Colin? Have you lost a finger recently? And and if so, where are you no, it? No, no, but I, I'd like to lose some because I know where they've been. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people need to know where your fingers have been, Colin. I wasn't telling good. anybody. Even I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. Good. <laughs> this conversation could go on for a while. <laughs> Later, Bog finally makes his way home and steps into his bedroom. Emily starts to moan about what time it is. Do you find her irritating? Yes. But she's meant to be irritating. Yeah, but she crosses the line. Ooh, Actually, let me really? rephrase that. Right, right, come on, then. No. Where's the line, then? <laughs> no, no. She doesn't cross the line. The writers do. The writers had to keep... The writers have to make her irritating so that Bung will do what he does later. But the writers make her so irritating that she annoys the audience as well. And there's a thin line between the two. They should have made her have a reason for her irritation. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And good save as well. Yeah, yeah thank you. I know what I was doing. You're just trying to drop me in here. He finds the phone in the bed. She's pulled it off the wall, but it starts ringing. Oh, she forgot to disconnect the wires. It's slow bottom again. Bong is wanted. Emily complains about him leaving all the time. At the station, Dr. Fettel, who's played by John Pertwee, yeah. is examining the finger. He, he finds a drawing. I was just going to say, John Pertwee, um, 
he's he's always watchable. He's such a good character actor. So he finds a drawing of an extinct humanus gargantuan. Yeah, are we going to talk about this joke? Go on, you can. I don't really know where you're going to go with well, it. Pertwee looks up uh, Homo Gargantuoso, doesn't he? he and he's flicking right. through the book and he whistles at, a, at one point and stops and says, Whoo, that's the wrong Homo. Oh, I didn't even notice yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's more fuel to the Council John Pertwee brigade, though, isn't it? Oh, don't, don't join that <laughs> Oh, I'm not brigade. joining that brigade. Don't you worry. <laughs> I've had much fun with Wurzel Gummidge in my time. I can believe it. Fettel says they can give it a surge of electricity to see if it was alive. Suddenly, Albert and Slowbottom rush in. I, I should also point, I don't think this film is scientifically accurate. Well, we'll have to try it ourselves, won't we, and see. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you're dead, I will break in. <laughs> <laughs> give you a surge of electricity. And see if you come back alive. Uh, yeah, all right. I'll go with that. The flaw in this mm-hmm. plan, amongst many, but the main one, is that it will be hard to tell the difference. I think also the flaw, what I'd like to think would happen, is that you wouldn't have to break in, considering my family would possibly find me first if I was dead. But, you know... There's... It, yeah, but no, no, because you... you no... Because you'd be in that weird harem with that apple in your mouth, <laughs> tied up, and then I'd have to clean the crime scene. What? Sanitize it. Weird <laughs> To protect your family's opinion. I don't think it. you could do much about that. That's true. You can't get any lawyers, <laughs> I'm well respected. Uh, isn't that... That's usually what they say, isn't it, when someone does some crowd. Well, he was well-respected in the community. He was a quiet man. His eyes were too close together. All this comes as a shock to me. Well, it would. I mean, I... I mean, I knew knew he liked tennis. (laughs) (laughs) Get it a a little surreal now. It is, it is. But, um... Suddenly... Albert and Slowbottom rush in again. Mm-hmm. Albert has received a note that says, if you want to know what happened to Doris Mann, I can tell you. I am the cloakroom attendant at Holcomb Park. The note paper is toilet paper. Yes. Kind of like. Mm-hmm. I like that. They run to the car. Meanwhile, Dr. Watt, Valerian, socket in disguise, pull up behind them. They decide to follow the others to see what they're up to. This point, I don't get. Why? Why did they turn up in disguise outside the police station just in case they were something was going to happen? That that's a real long. Well, guess. They, they to <laughs> that's, a, that's a long game you're playing. Yeah, they there, needed to it? get them there so that they could do what they do in a minute. Yeah, I know, yeah. but all right. Albert, Slowbottom, and Bong arrive at the park and head down to the public lavatories. Yeah. This is a very nice public lavatory. Yeah, you you don't see uh, these kind of public lavatories anymore, do you? No, there was there's a uh, the, there's a book called The London Nobody Knows, I believe it's called, and it has um, drawings in it, and it has a very nice drawing of a Victorian toilet. You know, I, I once had a, a a very nice craft beer in a converted Victorian lav- lavatory. 
Sounds, sounds like you've had a few now. <laughs> no, that was, no, I'm not. That just was, it came out wrong. Shall I do it again? No, no, it's fine. It's fun. Um, okay, so they taken a public lav and then turned it into yeah, a pub. they left all the tile. All the tiling was the same. They'd obviously taken out the urinals. I hope they mm-hmm. did. And they'd made it into they'd made okay. it a bar. And it was very nice. But it was underground, so you it was a bit like... the right, yes. You had, like... They'd taken out grates. So I presume there used to be grates, and you could look up and see people walking over the top. But right. they'd put okay. skylight in instead. It's very nice. It was in Manchester. Yeah. I presume it's still there. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. That sounds good. Um, there used to be a public lab in London that you know... The tank will carry holds the water mm-hmm. that's above the toilets. They used to have fish in them. What the water that went into the toilets? Yeah, but enough stayed in so that the fish didn't go down. It was designed so that they were fish tanks. <laughs> okay, right. yeah. true. Do, true. Do you remember the one that used to be in? Um, uh... Is this? A, are we doing a spin-off podcast now? Just like public labs. <laughs> It's an interesting topic. <laughs> Apparently, the Victorians the Victorians knew how to design Do public. Do you not remember the one that you, that was in a uh, hometown of Wigan? Um, I don't think I used to hang around the public lives in like you. <laughs> it, it was at uh, um, at the, the 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 top high street, and it was it was one of those ones you had to go down these big long steps underground. It was underground. Right. They got rid of it all. They they completely demolished the whole thing. Filled it in, I think. Have Have you ever been to a public lab that had a cloakroom attendant? Yes, in London, I have. Yeah, it's very weird. It is. They it? stand there with that little tray of things. Yeah, you don't really know what you're supposed no. to do. No, you just want to go use a loo. Yeah, I don't really want um, you know eau de cologne. It's not why I'm there, really. No, mm. no. And then you have to tip them, apparently. Do you? <laughs> well, well, you're Northern, so no. I gave him a tip. Well, you, what do you tell him? To get, don't don't hang around in public labs. Is that your tip? <laughs> I'm glad you went there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was that interesting. Up, yeah. So they find the cloakroom attendant of this luxurious Victorian public lavatory Mm -hmm. and it's Dan Dan and he's cleaning up Albert tells Dan that he got his note and asks what he knows Dan says it'll cost you but Slowbottom pushes in saying he's a police officer and he'll take down anything Dan says to which Dan replies trousers (laughs) (laughs) now you know the word that I couldn't find earlier when I was I wanted to describe Charles Hawtrey's performance was it trousers? It wasn't trousers. It wasn't trousers. No, I, I, I've come across the word in my notes. Yeah, believe it or not, he I does do, notes. Yes. And I've written, this is a very restrained performance from Hawtrey. So that's the word I was looking for. Restrained. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I like it, though. Yes, so do I. It's nice to see I him mean, doing something different. Yeah. I do feel that it does come across as if it's just dropped into the script. It does, just to get him in there, which it was then, yeah, as said. Yeah, but Mm -hmm. fine. Bong takes over. Apparently, Dan lives in the public lavatory and has a 
bed and everything. I'm not. Was this a thing? Did cloak room attendants live in the lab? I don't know, but I don't fancy it. Do you? Not really. <laughs> no. Can you imagine in the summer. Ooh. Oh mm. yeah, yeah. That smell's not coming out. Anyway, it's a strange situation. And there's a skylight in the ceiling, which is glass to the pavement above, and he sees everybody walking over mm. it. He says he knows everybody who walks by intimately. Yes. Albert wants to know what happened to Doris. Dor Dan reveals he was working at Bideway as a gardener. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, up above, Dr. Watt peers through the skylight and sees them down below. He goes back to Valeria and tells her that they're talking to Dan Dan, the gardening man. <laughs> Valeria thinks that could be very awkward, that he must be silenced. Mm -hmm. Back in the public loo, Dan is saying it all looks suspicious, and he's about to tell them why when he sees Oddbod walking over the skylight, but he doesn't recognise him. Well, why does he not recognise Oddbod, considering he was the gardener? Did he just hide Oddbod Possibly. from him? Mm -hmm. All right. Bong exasperated, urges Dan to tell them what happened to the girls. But as Dan is going to explain, he hears a noise from the lavatory. Ooh, it's a customer. He goes out to help him. Not sure what help a customer needs in a public loop, but all right. Oh, the cologne. <laughs> oh, Splash okay. it on a bit, you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, splashing mm. everywhere. But that's men for you. Splash at three in the morning. Why, Paul? Is that a specific time you like to do that? Is that like a ritual? Too much information. Is, the, is, that, is that the witching hour? <laughs> just, just leave it there. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, that's what you say, isn't it? Well, it's what I do. It's not what I say. Not, it's what I do. Yeah. Yes. All right. As so, they wait, they hear the sound of flushing and a bang. Albert says he doesn't like the sound of that. They rush out. They see water leaking from one of the toilet stalls. They fight to open the door. Bug puts a coin in and opens it. They find Dan drowned. Mm. Dramatic, right? It is right? very dramatic, especially the way that you just described it. Yeah. yeah. Back at the station, Dr. Fettel is pushing electricity through the finger. It starts to grow a hand, then an arm, then a body. Then ahead, the creature stomps towards him. We cut to the front of the station and Bond and the others have arrived. They hear a crash. They rush into the lab and find the place wrecked. With a creature-shaped hole in the wall. And then they find the legs of Dr. Fettel. Yeah, he's all twisted and bent, isn't he? Back at By the Wee, Valeria and Dr. Watt are putting the lid on a box. Inside is Doris. But now she looks all plasticated. Mm -hmm. Valeria thinks it's better for her because she'd only get fat and old and now she'll stay beautiful forever. True. But that's what films do. Or get fat and old. No, Fenella Fielding will stay young and beautiful forever thanks to the f film. Very true. Yes. Hmm? However, Dr. Watts says, yeah, but not as have fun. <laughs> Valeria raises Oddbod. Mm-hmm. He has to take the crate to suck it, then go and get another girl. Dr. Watt doesn't want to do another one because he's tired. But they have to, as they have more orders. 
So people are requesting these mannequins then. Yeah, they're, they're, they're selling them off, aren't they? Yeah, it's like yeah. a business. They supply mannequins, but nobody knows that they're humans, no, obviously. No. Mm-hmm. It goes for a quick lay down and a charge. Yes. Um, I really like the joke where um, Dr. Watts says, I was at school with Dr. Frankenstein and Dr. Jekyll. They always pinch my pocket money. The change did them good. Yeah, and it, what's good about this joke is that it's a, used so they can do something later. What's that? The the potion is from Dr. Oh, yes, Jekyll. Oh, of course. So this is how he knows Dr. Jekyll and so has That's the potion. That's right, yes. It's totally irrelevant, really. You didn't need to do that in a comedy mm-hmm. film. Yeah. But they've made a joke also be useful to the plot. It's funny. They, they, they lose all this in later carry-on movies, don't they? Yeah, yeah they do. It's just boobs later. <laughs> they've, they've got their place, I suppose. Outside, Oddbod loads the crate onto the horse and the cart is driven by Socket. Dr. Fettel's monster is hiding in the bushes and approaches the house. He enters and Valeria sees him on the stairs to the cellar. She wakes Watt. He thinks it's Oddbod all naked. Mm-hmm. Watt covers him up, but Valeria realises it's not Oddbod, that it's Oddbod's finger that's been rejuvenated. Yeah. We should all... Also, something else we've been discussing recently. The female character in this film is more intelligent and knows more about what's going on than the male character. That's true, that's true, but they kind of ruin it at the end of the movie, don't they? Yeah, well, we'll discuss that. (laughs) Valeria thinks it's Watt's work, but he denies it. That means somebody else created the monster. Mm -hmm. There's a knock on the door. And Dr. Watt panics, thinking it's the police. Valeria tells him to pull himself together and she'll see who it is. She goes upstairs. Valeria opens the door and Bong steps in. He starts to demand to see the master, but is startled by Valeria. Will you be? Will I do, she says. Will you do, says Bong. I I imagine if this was Sir James, he'd go, not half. Yeah, you see what I mean? It's completely different, wouldn't it? I don't know. I, I'm I'm not convinced that they changed the script in any way whatsoever. Well, I'm, not, I'm not saying the script would be different. I'm saying the delivery would be completely different. Delivery. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Yeah. She invites him in. Bong follows. She tells him to sit down, but then encourages him to sit close to her. She asks what he wants, and he tells her about the death of Dan Dan and how he used to work for Lyria as a gardener. She kisses him. Bong is startled, but... Is happy to be of service to the public. <laughs> yeah. She asks to see his whistle. It makes no sound because the pee's gone. I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it. <laughs> she is. <coughs> Carry on. So the, the, the pee's gone in his whistle because he got overexcited once and breathed in. Yes. Go on. Go on, she says. Show me how you got overexcited. Well, don't do that. It's, I don't like it. It's creepy. I don't look at me like that when you're doing it either. <laughs> Makes it even worse. I'll just look yeah, at the Look at the wall. <laughs> All right. Bung gets up and exclaims that he's come to perform a duty. He wants some answers first. She tells him to relax and sit beside her. That he should 
take things as they come. He leans over. She offers him a drink, but not on duty. She asks if he smokes. He says, not anymore. She asks if he would mind if she smokes. He says, of course not. Smoke starts to rise from her it's body. It's a good gag. It is, yeah. Bung grabs at a seltzer water bottle. He looks at her. She beckons him. Smoke caressing her body like the fingers of a timid lover. <laughs> All right. Okay. Just when I was trying to give it up, says Bung. He moves towards her and is enveloped in smoke. Very Hammer-esque dissolve as well, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. The next day, Bung arrives at the office. He finds Slowbottom in his chair. But he's not bothered. He's happy. Suspiciously nice. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done that? Gone into work and been suspiciously nice to the people who work for you? I'm just nice. Slowbottom has found a similarity in the cases of missing women. But Bung says, you don't need to worry about the cases. You should just relax. Take things as they come. Slowbottom asks if he got something last night. Bung says, certainly did. <laughs> Slowbottom asks if there's something about Dan Dan, but Bung says he's never heard of the guy. Mm. A uniform sergeant enters and says they're needed because Albert has run amok in a millinery shop down the road. A millinery shop? Mm. See yeah. those anymore, do you? you, you no, you don't. You don't. And also, in my notes, it says Miller Marin. Miller. So, you know, you have no idea how hard that was to say. <laughs> you can think on your feet, Colin. That's that's what's good about you. Yeah, but I prefer to lay down. <laughs> <clears throat> so they've gone to see what's happened, and uh, Captain Peacock is up. I mean, uh, the, the shop owner. I wrote the same gag. Did, Did yes. you? Well, he is playing the same character, right? This is before. Yeah. Um, are you being served, though? Isn't it? Oh, that's an interesting point. I didn't think about that. I think it might be. How you being served was the seventies, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe just this actor just plays shop uptight shop. He cornered the market in that in that role. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, the, so Captain, oh, I don't know what his real name is. I'm going to call him Captain Peacock. I just referred to him as Captain on. Peacock the whole way through. Fine. <laughs> He's upset by Albert attacking one of the mannequins. Albert says that one of the mannequins is his Doris. Bung taps the mannequin with his pipe and asks if that sounds like Doris. Albert says, I don't know. I've never hit her with a <laughs> pipe before. Ugh, that makes me laugh every time, that joke. Can't even say it without laughing. Uh, yeah, I wrote that one down as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. He makes Albert feel her. She's cold. Albert says he could prove it because Doris has a little birthmark on her. Um, he whispers it. Bung doesn't want to examine the mannequin, tells Slowbottom to examine the dummy for a birthmark on her. Slowbottom goes to detect. They think they found something at first, but then it turns out to just to be a Made in England sticker on the back of the... That's dome. right. No, this this whole gag about the birthmark and the whispering thing, don't they do that again in Don't Lose Your Head? Oh, uh, do they? I don't remember. The, the, he's not the Scarlet Pimpernel. He's called something else, isn't he? 
but he's got a he's got a, uh, a birthmark on his, fingernail. Yeah, the, the black fingernail. He's got a birthmark on his black and they play a little whistle when they say it over the top of it. He's got it on right. his as they say it. Right. Ah, yeah, I've forgotten all about but, um, that. You know, a good gag's By a good way, gag. Talking of, it is a good gag. Talking of musical cues, whenever Bung and the others get into the police car, they play a version of the theme tune from Zed Cars. That's right, and they also later, we'll talk about it, but they play something else as well, don't they? They do, yes, yeah. So back at the mansion, Valeria is uh, juicing up Dr. Watt and Oddbod. Um, and she's also fighting off Oddbod's attentions. He's a bit grabby and a bit gropey, isn't he? Well, he's probably just got one thing on his mind. What? I mean, that must be familiar for you, Paul. I'm, I'm always fighting. Actually, yeah, yeah. I, I, I apologise. That was wrong. Uncalled for. You have at least two things on your mind because one of them is beer. <laughs> No, I'm always fighting off uh, groping hands. Yes. Are you? I mean, they're usually my own, oh. but... Oh, okay. All right. So what are they... Grope, groping hands used to be that band you were in when you were a kid, Are we doing right? the band gag again? Is that... Oh, I'm doing constantly now. I'm just just doing it all the time. <laughs> it's all I've got. Is that right? <laughs> That's yeah. All I've got. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Watt and Valeria get to work on the next body, and they take a look at Oddbod Jr. Valeria wants to um, to put him to work, but Watt insists that uh, not until he's properly house-trained. Right. Does that mean he's peeing everywhere? He's, maybe they've got they've, they've got a tray out for him. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, no food on it. You mean like oh, a I mean a litter tray. tray. Yes. Can you imagine the size of those okay. pellets? I mean, he's odd junior, but he's a big lad, he isn't he? You know. Oh, what is Volivons. he? Volivons. Volivons? That type of car? <laughs> Very sturdy. Oh, he is eat cars. Yes, That's he true. Is. He does eat yes. cars. So Oddbod dips the body into the... Is it some sort of paste, isn't it? And what then uh, goes to stir the big vat of liquid that's boiling in the corner? Yeah. <laughs> you like that, did you? All right. I, I always like a big vat of boiling liquid. Is that right? So they lower the body in, and Valeria tells what off about using his frying tonight catchphrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, um, funnily enough, he's, it becomes one of Kenneth Williams' biggest lines, doesn't it? It's one that everyone remembers. It's up there with the um, infamy, infamy thing, isn't it? It is, but I, I, I don't get it. It's to do with um. It's a, I think it's to do with a an, a popular advert at the time to do with fish. Ah, uh, see that's why I don't understand why it's still popular because it's it's fixed in time, whereas infamy infamy is a great play on words. Yeah, I suppose though the, the you know, fish and chip shops are still a big thing in in this country, aren't they? So are they? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Chippy, yes, as they used to say. You've had a chippy tea now and again, haven't you? 
Yeah, well, look at you trying to sound like the common people. <laughs> so Socket enters, and he tells them um, that Bong is upstairs waiting. What's he after? Asks mm. what. The same thing he was after last night, answers Valeria. Good bag. Good gag. Yeah. yeah. It is, it is, yeah. yeah. So she goes upstairs to meet Bong, and Bong is intoxicated by her feminine wiles. Let's say. Is it a feminine wiles or is it whatever kind of mysterious powers that she that has? That as well. Is it an, but oh, a feminine okay. wiles, mysterious powers anyway? Ooh, well, this is a conversation for another it podcast. Is, and it, it's not, not the kind of podcast we do. <laughs> no. We get a little um, bit of a boob joke about a little boy and two balloons here, don't we? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, that I didn't one. write the gag down because I think it's actually quite um, naff. Oh, okay. It's not one of the best ones. All right, that's probably why I don't remember it then. So they sit and Valeria questions Bong about the investigation, and Bong laughs, talking about the shop dummy and how it had a "Made in England" sticker on it. Do you remember those heady days when things were made in England, Colin? No, no neither do I. They've gone. I don't yeah. think eggs in yeah. England anymore. Well, I mean, they're not eggs? made, are they? They come out of a chicken. No. What do you think? It's just little, little elves making eggs, <laughs> putting them together. I think I think we need to talk, Paul. Uh, is that where eggs come from? Mm. Let's have a conversation on it. That's another podcast. Where do eggs come <laughs> from? <laughs> All these spin-offs you do. I never had the talk. Can you, do, you want, do you want to fill me in, Colin? <laughs> well... It involves flamingos. Does it really? Does it? <laughs> Valeria goes to tell what about the dummy, um, and they need to get the dummy back. And Valeria, um, she takes out a potion made by Doctor Jekyll. So this goes back to what you were talking about with the gag. Yeah, exactly. That they've set it up that that's how he's got it because he knows him. Didn't need to do that. You wouldn't be sat there going, "Oh, Doctor Jekyll's potion." How does he know, Doctor? It, it does help to create a little world, doesn't it? Yeah. Also, this scene lit very nicely with the purple light. I don't think there's a scene in this movie that's lit terribly at all. No, it's a it's a nicely it shot is. film, especially for a carry on film. Yeah, because usually it's just a case with carry on that you just you just light the thing bright and then point the cameras at it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so going back to Bung, she slips the potion into his drink. He drinks it down and he starts to go into a fantastically gurning transformation scene. Um, and he turns into a a hurry, fanged out idiot, doesn't he? I mean, he's an idiot. More of an idiot. He does, yeah. He does it very well. Watt takes a look at him and says, I must have a noggin of that myself. Yeah, don't blame him. Seems to work. Seems to, yes. Puts her on your chest. Puts her everywhere. (laughs) You you should try it. Oh, I'm I'm fully heard up. Don't you worry. Well, apart from the obvious place. Where where it matters. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm compensating everywhere else. (laughs) He's got my my legs. Forest. (laughs) Top of my head. Desert. There's a there's a bit there's a bit of an oasis on there. There is, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
anymore? No, 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 I'm just saying <laughs> that's an oasis. Lawrence of Arabia would die of first. Very good. Well done. So Valeria sends Bong, now in his beastly state, together with Socket, on a mission to steal back the dummy. And this is where we get a shot of them on a horse and cart to the Steptoe theme. Yeah. Looks very yeah. well. Some nice musical. Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah. Bong smashes the shop window and he puts Doris on the back of the cart. Uh, and then later, Bong goes home, still transformed. Mm-hmm. He gets a mouthful from his wife once again. You're disgusting, she says, with horrible teeth and accuses him of drinking and all these other things that he looked completely perplexed about because he's a beast. Yeah, because apparently drink makes you grow extra hair, which is totally not true because we have the evidence before us. I saw where that was going. There was nothing I could do about it. (laughs) I know, right? It's like a runaway train. (laughs) But this time he's not going to slip meekly out of the room, is he? No, because he's a monster. monster. He flips her out of the bed and he smashes her mother's picture on the wall before she picks up a broom and chases him out of the room. Yeah, not that much of a monster then. Well, no, I mean, he's not going to do any damage, is he? No, so he's he's a... He's a meek monster. Meek Mm -hmm. monster. I like it. They could have done that. Instead of these, um, what were they called? Quiver monsters that they were selling in theaters? Yeah. Meek yeah, monsters yeah. as yeah. well. Come out every seven days to the monster of the meek. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not that's not a gag that's in the movie. That's all your own, that is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what's sad. <laughs> that's what's bad about it so it's morning and Bong wakes up in the bath now change back and what he believes to be the mother of all hangovers yeah you've had one of those those. (laughs) (laughs) you've you've had the grandmother of all hangovers I have yes yes and she she wasn't very pleasant No. no no it's funny every time you say Bong, for some reason, I think you're saying Bond, and I keep thinking, well, that's not the film I was watching. <laughs> that would be, that would be interesting. But then again, they did do a spy movie, didn't they? They did, yeah. Carry on spying. It's not one of the. I don't think it's one of the best. No, but it's it's not really a. It's not really a James Bond parody. It's more like Man a, from Uncle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would say. Which is which is mm-hmm. weird. Mm-hmm. So he gets a he gets a phone call, and at first he can hardly remember his own name. He's he's feeling so rough. Yeah, you've been there. Yeah, yeah, I've pointed out. You keep pointing it out. Thank you for that. Don't never forget it. <laughs> Slowbottom tells him about the shop being broken into the night before, and Bung says it'll be right over. So Bung goes back upstairs and knocks on his wife's bedroom door, and as he's mm-hmm. entering, she hits him with the broom again, and she starts to chase him around again. And she accuses him of assaulting her. Which he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't bring out any condiments. Oh, come on. If you did that last one, I can get away with that, surely. Yeah. At the shop, Slowbottom's taking a statement from Captain Peacock. Captain Peacock tells him that he only called out of his bed half an hour ago. Slowbottom then replies, crawled out, uh, beg your pardon, called out? 
Now, I wonder if that was a fluff that they left in on purpose. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm. maybe. It seems, I mean, it's not funny, and it doesn't go anywhere, but it just seems it was right. just a goof, and they, they just left it. Oh, they didn't notice it when they were editing it. I don't know. Print. Yeah, I think. That's a, that's yeah. a wrap. <laughs> Lunch, everybody. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, maybe. All right. Bong arrives and they examine the strange footprints with six toes. All right. Captain Peacock tells them that the only thing stolen was the dummy. Bong puts two and two together and goes off to find Albert. They drag Albert to the station and he's adamant that he didn't take the dummy. Oh, he's he's adamant. adamant, yes. He's oh. Prince Charming. Nothing... <laughs> He's not even anything to be scared of, is he? No, no. he isn't. Well, that was worth it, wasn't it? Um, nope. <laughs> so Bong... Charming. Charming, yeah. Bong orders Albert to take his socks and boots off so that he can examine his feet, only to find that he mm. has five regular toes. Where's the other one? What have you done with it? Asks Bong. I like that. That made, that made me laugh. I, I like the line, are you sure those are your feet? <laughs> yeah, it's all good, it's all good. Yeah. And they reluctantly have to let him go. Bung has a brainwave. He goes through all the facts, writing on the blackboard, which results in the words, foul feet smell something horrible. Yeah, because it's, it's uh, what have we got so far? And he says, like, oh, we've got foul mm-hmm. play. We've got footprints of feet we've got a smell of death and you said you saw something horrible and he writes it all down it's good I it, like it's it. funny because when you watch it you can see where they're going with it but yeah it's fun yeah. seeing the journey i think isn't it yeah yeah bung decides to catch the unknown thing that's abducting people by setting a trap mm. Mm. that old plan yeah. Slowbottom realizes that he's the one who's going to have to dress up as a woman. Now, this, I think Peter Butterworth plays women in a lot of carry-on he films. Does. I think it's just because he, he's so funny when he does it. He, I think it's because he's the least likely to look like a woman. I know, he looks um, he looks like a docker, doesn't he? <laughs> right, and they, they always play it like the, main, the male character finds him attractive. Yes, yes, because they, they don't see the difference, do they, at all? It's, you know. Right, yeah. Oddly as well, Sid tends to drag up a lot in, in the films as well. He's done it a few times. I know he does it in Don't Lose Your Head. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure he doesn't. he do it in Up the Kyber as well? Can't remember. <laughs> I mean, I think this is like a continuation of the idea of pantomime. Yes, it's a very British thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we cut to Slowbottom, now dressed in a very Miss Havisham kind of way, isn't he? With the big hat. And, yes. And he's so, quote-unquote, convincing that at first Bung mistakes him for a real woman, as we said. Yeah. Mind you, we've all been there, haven't we, after one too many? <laughs> I thought I'd throw that in just to see what you'd say. You're yeah. adamant about that, are you? Oh, we're going to be... Do- Pretty right. much. Thinking about right. it. Just, you know, this is the place to share if there's anything you want to tell us. 
It's really not. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners are a very sensitive bunch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so as Bung and Slowbottom get in the car, Bung's wife and a friend are watching in another car behind them. Yeah, see, I don't like this scene. Why not? There's been no indication that she's suspicious of him in this way, in the film. And this friend appears from nowhere. In fact, she has constantly said, oh, it's the police station, it's the police station. You'd rather hang out at the police station. She never, like, really... Even when he says, he's the one that's been saying, like, oh, I've got this woman kind of thing. She doesn't believe him. She knows it's the police station. So it's a kind of weird scene. I think it's just a way they needed to get her out of the bedroom because they need to get her outdoors for what's going to come later, don't they? So, again, it's that, it's that like we were talking earlier, it's that force thing. Just yeah, the- I, I get the machinations behind it. I just don't no, like no. it. Well, anyway, she's convinced that um, Bong's seeing another woman and they got, she goes off to follow him. Yep. At the mansion, Oddbod Jr. is uh, molesting Valeria again until what tells him off. You don't have to strangle them. One look at your face should be enough, he says. It's harsh. It's very harsh, especially coming from him, but... Oh, you don't think he's a good-looking... Oh, I just meant with the white face. I'm not... No, you're wrong with Kenneth oh. Williams. Okay. Oh, that, that sounded a bit earnest. <laughs> <laughs> we all know about your feelings for Kenneth nice, Williams. Yes. I mean, he's very nice. Well, he wasn't, but, you know. Hmm. Um, I've, read his, I've read his diaries. Oddbod okay. shows Junior how to abduct women, but then he, he gets a bit gropey again, and what has to call him off... The two odd bods are sent out in a, on a mission, uh, with Junior just crashing through the wall. He doesn't use the door. No, he's been doing that throughout the entire yeah. film. So Bung and Slowbottom arrive at the park, and uh, they go off hand in hand. We have to make this look real, says Bung. Bung's wife is following them into the woods. Oh, hmm. see where so this is I. going. So Bung and Slowbottom arrive at the abduction site that was we were seeing earlier. That one tree that's in the that's in the uh, in the wood, wood, yes. And they get down on the ground to lay the trap. Mm-hmm. Um, Bung starts to laugh, amused at what would happen if his wife were to see them. Now, unfortunately, she's hiding in a bush. Albert is also in the woods searching for Doris's abductor, and he's carrying a shotgun for some reason. Yeah, where's he got that from? Yeah, in London. Although I suppose at that yeah. point, guns were around. They're just everywhere. Everywhere. Everyone had, had a one. shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Bung tells Slowbottom to try and be more seductive. He drapes his leg over him. I'd sooner have the nutty slack, he says. What's a nutty slack? I have no idea. Is it an ice cream? I presume it's some form of confectionery or something from back then a nutty slack mm. you could have googled, could have googled it, it but you know that requires work doesn't it and yeah plus do you really want to be googling nutty slack <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i might have a look yeah it's probably not the worst thing you've googled <laughs> at work 
Suddenly, Oddbod Jr. grabs Bung's wife. Both Bung, Slowbottom, and Albert hear the screams. Bung draws his revolver and he goes to investigate. Yep. Oddbod then finds Slowbottom, who at first thinks he's Bung in disguise for some reason. Uh, yeah, well, I, f- A, why? That wasn't part of the plan, so why would he think it's Bung? B, that's a really good disguise to throw on so It quickly. is, it is. Where did he get it from? Was he carrying it yeah, exactly. was he? Or... Yeah, yeah, I, think, I don't know. I think it's a case Odd of just things. go with it, just go with it. Yeah, all right. So, Slowbottom screams. Albert fires his shotgun blindly. And Bong hits the deck before counting the bullets still in his revolver. It wasn't me, he says. Yeah, so who was it? Suddenly, Albert jumps him before they recognize each other. They run back to Slowbottom only to find one of Oddbod's ears on the ground. I don't understand, says Albert. What would he want with Slowbottom? He's a man. He's not a man, he's a woman, answers Bong. Oh, I thought there was something funny about him, says Albert. Can't do that anymore. Nope. No. Move on. Problematic. Wow, could you say that any more sarcastic? I was not being sarcastic. I was being... <laughs> Sounded no. like it. They follow the footprints as Oddbod Jr. takes his wife back to the mansion. At the mansion, Watt is hooking the mummy's nipples up to electrodes. I mean, I guess that's why it's called Nefertiti. Very good. Very good, and that was my next bit. So thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. You took so long. <laughs> but before switching him on, Valeria interrupts him to tell him Junior is back with a new body. In the, in the lab, no. Junior has stripped, stripped, yes, stripped, Wait. stripped. Oh, naked. He stripped the unconscious Emily down oh. to her underwear, and he's laid her out on a slab. Cool. What and Valeria enter. What isn't impressed? What am I supposed to do with that load of old rubbish, she says. <laughs> Made you laugh, didn't it, when yeah. you saw that bit? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Kenneth Williams' delivery, isn't it? It yeah. is, yeah. Oddbod arrives with Slowbottom, and he notices he's missing an ear. Ear today, gone tomorrow, he says. Yeah, got that written mm-hmm. down. It's, it's, you just can't, you can't be it. Anyone that says that... that that carry on isn't funny needs a sense of humor bypass as far as i'm concerned the, wait no charlotte they've had a sense of humor well, they bypass if they don't find it funny. Put back. no you can't bypass it if you bypass it you don't have yeah, but you, it they need to remove the bypass and have it reinserted and connected bypass the bypass yeah bypass a bypass what's the point of that well, if you made it if you did it wrong if you if you just remove the bypass. But then there's nothing if you remove... Reconnect. No, you reconnect. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, I'll go with that. They need to reconnect it then. Yeah. What were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Operations. That's it. So Bung and Albert reach the mansion just as they lower Emily into the vat. Right. Ooh. What? Tense. Tense? Tense? That's carry on camping, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, jeez. That was almost funny. <laughs> almost. I almost, I almost yeah. smirked. And I, I've given up smirking. <laughs> <laughs> what discovers Slowbottom is a man. 
Are you sure? asks Valerian. Of course I am. I'm doctor, replies Watt. Yeah, doctor of what? That's what I want to know. Uh, just, I'm curious. Have we met? Have we missed the Doctor Who joke? Oh yeah, it was ages okay. ago. Do you want to time travel back oh, to it? All right. Yeah, very good. Very good. There is a Doctor Who joke. Let's just say. There is. Yeah. We're yeah. not going to tell you what it is though. No. Watch the film. Which you want to do everything for yeah. you? Upstairs, Bung and Albert knock on the door and Socket answers. Bung is concerned about Valeria's safety and he tells her about Slowbottom's abduction, the trap, and he shows her Oddbod's ear. This ear? she asks. Yes, that there, he replies. She asks Bung to stay the night to protect her and Bung asks Albert to go back to the station. But Valeria, she won't have it and insists that they both stay getting Socket to show them to a waiting room while she heads back to her brother. Mm-hmm. She's up to something, up to something. What is concerned, but Valeria says that they will all have to be killed. Unfortunately, Oddbod and Junior are on charge. Okay. <laughs> Do Shatner again, aren't they? Uh, they're on charge. They're on charge. But Valeria wants to use a snake. Oh, it's always a snake. It's an old-fashioned method, says what? Well, fangs ain't what they used to be. But um, You do need that, though, don't you? Yeah, you do. I'm, I'm going to use the same joke for the title of the episode. It's a good, it's a, that's good. I like it. Yeah. In the lab, Watt and Valeria are trying to decide what to do with Slowbottom. Why don't you do what they did to your friend Dracula and drive a stake through his heart, she asks. No, says what? I don't feel like driving tonight. Nice. Mm -hmm. I like it. They decide to dummify him anyway. And what goes to wake Oddbot up? They decide to dummify him anyway. And what goes to wake Oddbot up? Slowbottom is awake. And he faints again as soon as he sees Oddbod and Junior. Yeah, he does a lot of fainting in this he, film. He kind of plays those kind of roles. Or that's that's what he does in everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. You're right. You're he right. pretends to be brave, but then he's not. Yes, he does that in uh, Carry On Up the Jungle, right? He does, he does. Yeah, yeah. In a bedroom, Bung and Albert are fast asleep in the same bed. Yeah, no, I'm just saying it is... It, it's very Morecambe and Wisey, isn't it? Oh, yes, mm-hmm. I guess it is, yeah. yeah. As a snake slowly slithers down from above. Mm-hmm. And we get a gag where they both feel the snake under the sheets and accuse each other of messing about. Yes, so he gets to use the line, stop messing it about. Does. Which is unusual. It's usually mm-hmm. Kenneth Williams that says that. Well, friends. if you're going to pay him £12,000, you know, you're going to give him all the... All the best lines? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I suppose so. So they find the snake in the bed, and Bung kills it with his revolver. And back in the lab, they hear the shot, and they go to look. Slowbottom finally gets up off the slab. Yeah, he does. Albert wants to do a runner, but he finds Oddbod and Junior out in the corridor. The creatures chase them down into the lab, smashing through doors. Slowbottom panics, 
again, and he lays back down, pretending to be dead, before jumping up and scaring the life out of Bung as he's eulogising his dead friend. Yeah, it's a very moving moment. Did you write it down? What, yeah. the speech? No, I think it should remain as part of the film. Very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> It's that it special. Is, it is. The two creatures enter with Valeria, and everyone hides on under the sheets on the slabs. Valeria thinks mm. that they must have escaped and orders the jobs to search the grounds. I should have called them the jobs all the way through. I wouldn't have had half a problem saying it, would I? No, because if you've edited out the problems, that sentence is going to make no well, sense. I may leave one or two in just to make that work. Yeah, well, that's what we do. We professionally make mistakes on purpose just to leave a couple in so that it sounds natural. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. The three. You didn't. You didn't know that's what we were doing, did you? Well, I'm, it's nice of you to clarify it for me. Yes, but I don't know. I was oh, okay. naturally right. doing it without even thinking about it. You know. Yeah. That's right. the kind of professional I am that I don't even have to think about it. You know. We know what kind of professional you are. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Um, <laughs> the three men run around the lab looking for a way out, and Albert finds Doris's dummy. They throw a switch, and somehow it just brings her back to life. How does this work, then? Well, I, I could explain the science to you, but uh, I don't want to. All right, we'll do that, then. It's good enough for me. <clears throat> Can I just point out that there's a remarkable number of British films that finish with a chase. That is true. I think nearly. Why is that? And and a lot of like, Bolting Brothers, Black and There's a lot of British films that finish with a chase. I wonder if it's a kind of a a traditionally British, comedic thing. You think about Benny Benny Hill at the time was huge and that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. I just I watched one last night called The Fast Lady Finishes with a Chase. I'm beginning to think he's right, says Bong. There's something funny going on in this house. What, finally? Yes. <laughs> Not exactly Sherlock Holmes, is he? You don't know the half of it, says Slowbottom. You should have seen that horrible-looking thing they just dropped into the vat. They go to take a look in the crate, and Bong discovers the horrible-looking thing happens to be his wife. Yeah, he says, doesn't he say, like, that's my wife? He does. And Slowbottom says, oh, I'm I'm sorry. Yes, he does. But not not sorry for yep. what he said. Sorry that that's your yes. wife. She's hard as a rock, says Slowbottom. You don't have to tell me that. I've been married to her for 15 years, says Bung. Bung, Slowbottom, Albert and Doris head upstairs. Confronted with the jobs, Doris and Slowbottom faint. Bung fires his revolver with no effect, and they barricade themselves into a room. They do? Bong wakes up Slowbottom, and Watt and Valeria re-enter the house. Albert drinks some of the juiced-up brandy, and the jobs break in. Well, they don't... Well, they kind of break in, but they're still building the um, barricade at the same time, aren't they? Yeah, also, what gave him the... I can't remember what gave him the idea to drink the... I, the I think it's because he, he was a... a kind of steady your nerves kind of drink. Oh, right, right, right. It wasn't, it 
yeah, see, okay. City, you never saw um, Bong transform. No, that's what I mean. So it was just like, oh, I'm alcohol. Terrified a year ago, I'm going to have a swift one, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, what what we what we termed the the poll technique, <laughs> I believe it's called in the trade. In the trade. Oh. Yes. Right. Albert changes into a beast, very reminiscent of Bong, but a little bit more inept. But that's what Jim Jim Dale's right. good at that, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, yes, he is. Yeah. Um, and he's he's really good in this bit as well. I mean, he does all the physical stuff really well, as we all know. You know, so he's flinging himself around, right. and I think at one point he even does like a forward flip, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. So he fights. Um. He fights off Odd Bod, and he he throws yeah. him through a window. Oh, well, he throws a dummy through a window. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah. Yep. And then he changes back. Pity, says Bung. I preferred him as he was. Yeah, my life mm-hmm. to him. So Watt and Valeria enter. Watt points a bug spray at them when suddenly lightning shoots through the open window, hitting the plugs connected to the mummy's electrodes. Robertiti yeah. comes alive and reels on Dr. Watt. Valeria begs Bung to help her brother. Give me one good reason why I should. I'll be very, very grateful, she says. That's good enough, he says. Yeah, needs no persuasion. I can see why. Yeah. The mummy chases Watt into the lab, and Watt first falls into the paste, and then both he and the mummy tumble into the boiling vat. And what mm-hmm. pops up out of the vat and screams his immortal line that everyone knows, frying tonight. Mm. So, later, mm. Doris and Albert, now married, go nice. to visit Bung at home. And this is where things get a bit right. weird. weird. Bung has Emily... Propped up in the corner, still a dummy. Mm-hmm. Yep, still plasticated. While Valeria is now, quote unquote, looking after Bung. Yeah, she's got like a pinny on. Yes. Apron. And Bung turns to the camera and says, Horrible, isn't it? And then. His wife winks at the camera. Mm-hmm. So, anything you want to say about that scene, Colin? I have no idea what's going on there. Why is she winking at the camera? Why is she happy to still be plasticated? Mm. Why is she happy that there's a strange woman in her house that's taken her place? Why is Valeria now happy to be, uh, I don't know, a maid or whatever, uh, so, so I don't understand the ending to this film. It's almost like they couldn't think of an ending. Yeah, that's possibly what I it is. I think the implication when she winks at the at the screen is kind of like he thinks he's got it good, but I've got my eye on him. Actually, maybe it's that he thinks he's got it good, but she's not really going to be plasticated forever, and she's going to come back. Could well be. Yeah, could well be. All right. Well, let's go with that. Sti- then. I still think it's it's not a great ending to a 
what's no, it's it's, it's, it's rubbish. It's it. a rubbish yeah. ending. Yeah, it's weak. They could have ended it without that scene, and you wouldn't have been bothered. You could have just ended it before that scene, and it'd be fine. Yeah, you could have ended it on Friday tonight. Actually, that would have been a perfect mm-hmm. ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the end with the wink of Carry On Screaming. So, Colin, what did you think of Carry On Screaming? It's funny because Carry On Screaming has never in the past been one of my favourite Carry On films. I think it's because I'm a big Sid James mm-hmm. fan and any film that he's not in. <clears throat> and I mean any film. Take Dyad, no Sid James, not very good. No, any Carry On film where he's mm-hmm. not in is lessened by his lack of appearance but i think i've just been kidding myself because this is actually a very good carry-on film it's one of Mm -hmm. the best it looks lovely everybody's having a whale of a time you can see it can't you you can see performance yeah yeah Yeah. the jokes are constant and you know it's kind of like that uh, naked gun situation where okay that line didn't work but this next one that's coming along in half a second that'll Mm -hmm. work yeah. Um, script a little better than usual for a Carry On film. We're still in this early stages, you know how we're in the Carry On Jack or in the Carry On Constable, Carry On Sergeant period still before we start to head off to a little bit more simpler storyline. Yeah, I think they really did go to town on this script, didn't they? They really did put put a lot of effort into it. I wish that they'd done more parodies. I think the parodies are, 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 are one of Carry On's strengths. Some of the best ones are the, are the parodies, I think. Yeah, I mean, you could say that all Carry On films are parody because even like Carry On, Your Convenience is a parody of social life at the time. But I prefer that when they're doing parodies of film genres. Like Carry On Cowboy, that kind of things thing. Things like that. Yeah, that yeah, was the other one yeah. that, that instantly comes to my mind is Carry On Cowboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, everyone who's new to the Carry On films is really good. I wonder why they weren't in other films. Why was Fenella Fielding not in other Carry On films? It seems like she. It's strange because they they tend to do that a lot. I mean, the only exception to that rule is Frankie Howard, who did do two. Right, but he was yeah. really considered yeah. part of the Carry On team, was it? He? he was. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess Leslie Phillips dropped out at some point because he was big. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's a hit. Yeah, well, I, you pretty much said everything that I I can only reiterate what you've said. It, it, for me, it's one of the best carry-on movies. Um, cast is fantastic. And like I said before, I, I, I always like the carry-on films when they bring an outside actor into the into the company. I think it always... It always with the exception possibly of Phil Silvers, I think I think it, I think it, I think it always works well. You know, Bob Monkhouse even in one of the ones. Oh yeah, absolutely. I yeah. think that, isn't that Carry On Sergeant Bob Monkhouse? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, um, and Frankie Howard, obviously, and um, and it really works in this. Um, I think it looks like a Hammer movie, and for me, if you're going to mix Carry On and Hammer together, mm. I mean, it's a perfect mix. Yeah, it's like a dream. It, it world, is, it right? is. And let's face it, horror comedy is very difficult to get right. There's there's lots of horror comedies out there that, that are terrible. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even Frankie Howard has done one outside of Carry On mm. series. He did The House and Nightmare yes. Park. Yes, uh, and another one that, that comes to my mind is the Kenny Everett movie. <laughs> oh, which, let's face it, you're the only person who's seen it. <laughs> I think a lot of people have seen it, but they've forgotten. Right. Um, so there's a lot. There is a lot of them out there. You know, things like um, I bought a vampire motorcycle and things like that. You know, the it's really hard Amer- mix to get right. Yeah, Americans did it a lot too. A lot of Bob Hope horror comedies and Abbott Costello horror comedies. Yeah, but but the, in this they 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 have the mix exactly right. Almost like one of Doctor Jekyll's potions. It's exactly right. I think what makes it right is because it's treated seriously. Well, even even when they're being silly, they do it in a serious way. Yeah. No one ever acknowledges the fact that that someone has said a funny line or he's being stupid or or, an odd job and an odd job junior, not odd job. I've said it again, haven't I? Odd bod and odd Odd bod bod junior are supposed to be, even though they look ridiculous, they're supposed to be scary. And they treat them as though they are yeah. scary. The characters react to them as though they are scary, even though we as an audience look at it and go, that's ridiculous. Um, yeah. yeah. Like you said, fast gags, you know, if you, if you get a bad one, you can just wait 30 seconds and you're going to get something else that's going to make you laugh. Um, it's just a perfect carry-on movie for me. And it's a massive, massive hit. I love it. Always have. There we go. <laughs> have we... Have we mm-hmm. Have we done a Carry On film that we didn't like I yet? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Stick around. It's going to come it up will, eventually. It will. It will. When we <laughs> carry on Columbus or something like that. <clears throat> I'm not even sure I've ever seen that. It, it's, it's worth a watch. Oh, well, maybe we'll do that one day, but not in our next podcast, because in our next episode, we discover that playing video games can help you save the universe as we take a look at the last Starfighter from 1984. But if that's game over for you, and you can one-up with something else, then email your suggestion to retrospection at email.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, on Twitter at Retrospecky, and on Instagram at Retrospection Podcast, all one word. And please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen. You can also hear the themes and songs from the films and shows we review at our Spotify playlist. And finally, if you'd like to support our old episodes and help new ones coming along, then you can lower our server costs by supporting us via patreon.com slash retrospection. Thank you to our current Patreon supporters who make sure another month goes by that Paul doesn't have to take up that second job as a wrinkle chaser. Because that's a person who makes sure shoes are scratch and wrinkle free. Not as Paul thought, somebody who lost after grannies. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Come closer. Cause you bring out the monster in me. So carry on screaming. Carry on screaming. Cause when you're screaming, I know that you're dreaming of me.